Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, just when you think that we can't actually deliver any more content for you, uh, this is what we do. We do a podcast because why the hell not? We actually have people asking us about this. Not only are we doing live streams for four and a half hours some days, not only are we doing live blogs throughout the entire day or roundups, people actually want to hear us do a podcast. So yeah, here we are, everybody. A very warm welcome to um, the Q School Review Show here on Online Darts. Uh, Jada Theaton alongside you to talk some darts and joining us to do so, Jack Gobby Garwood and Phil Bars. And I, Gob, forgive me on this one because I normally come to you first on, on pods, but I'm going to start with the main man at this moment in time. Uh, Phil Bars, what have you started on our live streams? <laughs> <laughs> No, this started off as a good idea. We can just casually do this, casual being the word, and it's turned into absolute glorified chaos, but in a good way because people are loving it. They certainly are, and like it's so much fun. Like we're getting called, we're getting tweeted saying that what we're doing at the moment is the Gillette Soccer Saturday of Darts. I mean, I don't know who. I mean, you are the Jeff Stelling, but I don't know which of me or you, Gob, is Paul Burson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know my stuff, so it can't be me. <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a it's a fair point. Uh, I mean, obviously, you've you've been on you've been on this obviously throughout the the last couple of days. Go. What have you made so far of the first three days of action across Nienhausen and Milton Keynes overall? It's been interesting, you know. I, I'm I'm quite a big fan of the format, um, even if we are having to explain it quite a lot. Um, I think next year, if the format stays, we might just create a video that just explains it with a couple of neat little graphics and that sort of thing, because it is quite confusing, don't get me wrong. But um, no, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. I think the balance of trying to watch two Q schools is, is interesting. Um, and this extra qualification, all right, it means we have to get the abacus out a bit more. We spent a lot of time today trying to work out if Wayne Warren was sneaking in um, 
I'll be honest, that half an hour didn't get a lot of my actual job done. So I probably should have just been on the on the blog on the stream anyway. Um, but I was sat trying to do some work in the background, trying to work <laughs> out what was going on with that one. And interestingly, I probably should have mentioned this before we started, but the only event that hasn't been um, completed, or I don't know what don't know what the word is now, um, is UKQ School Three. That hasn't been archived on Dark Connect yet. So that makes me think that maybe they're still doing a couple little calculations. That's an interesting point, actually, that you make. Although what I did see earlier today, though, on the PDC's Twitter is that, you know, that, that Chris uh, that Chris uh, Quantock has actually, well, he's on the list. So yeah. he's definitely in. So I don't know what they're trying to do with that. I've got no idea. Can you imagine if suddenly when we record this pod breaking news, Wayne Warren's in instead of Chris? But I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, big shout out, by the way, as always, to Lendl uh, over at FDI. He correctly predicted that four points would get you in in UKQ school. And in fact, actually, he said that basically three points would get you in in uh, Europe. Well, actually, only one point got you in in Europe. We will come on to that. I'm sure we'll have big discussions on it in just a moment. Actually, do you know what? Let's let's do that now because there is only one place to start, PB, and that is with a certain Dutchman. Um, Before we start with that Dutchman, if it hasn't been archived, could Rule 1 been... In, is Rule 1 been invoked? <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, if you know, you know. Bye. <laughs> be interesting to see definitely um if that if that hasn't if that hasn't been archived by the time we're off uh, doing this show then who knows what's going to happen but at the moment Chris Quantuck's in and Wayne Warren's out we'll come on to that a little bit later let's jump over to Germany Phil and let's talk about Raymond van Barneveld I'm not just doing this because Gob's got his voodoo doll out as we speak um but this was a very interesting couple of days for Barney if you were uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If you're being cynical, you would suggest that after reaching the last 16 and the last eight on the first two days, he deliberately maybe lost the last eight game. Or did, not so deliberately. Deliberately is the wrong word. Um, that he said that maybe he didn't try as hard as he could have done in order to get the match practicing on the final day. I'm not suggesting that he did do that, by the way, before anybody makes his allegations. However, this is a very important moment for Barney to get those three days under his belt before we go into the final stage? I call it savvy. Um, <laughs> look, I think Barney needed match time. He got match time. He's won games. The averages he produced at times were, there was some, there was a bit of rust, but there was also some vintage Barney in there as well for spells. Um, I'm going to do, I'm just going to say it, and if it upsets people, it upsets people. But the lower end of that European Q score is worse than the, the dog and duck. It was bad. It was, sure, it, was. it was horrendous. For one point to get you in on the order of merit is nothing short of shambolic. But the cream did rise, and we saw across the three days um, your Gert de Bosses, your Nico Kurtz, your Raymond Van Barnevelds, Franz Rowitz. Rowitz, the people that have played to a good level never looked in any danger apart from if they were playing each other. 
Yeah, it's a good point that you make. God, this obviously, well, we, we take the mick and all this sort of stuff, but I don't want to give you 20 quid. So I'm kind of hoping that Barney doesn't win his tour card at this point. But other big names <laughs> have got through. Other big names to have got through. You look at Michael Interbunkner, who didn't have that particularly great experience, but he managed to get through on three points. Jeff Van Agdam as well. And Gavlas was the first player through um, to, uh, to, to the final stage. You saw as well Richard Veenstra. Uh, Lorenzo Pronk, David Proust, the big bad Boris, Boris Koltsov, and also, as we said, as we touched on there as well, in uh, Lucas Werner. He actually did very, very well. All of them did very, very well. There isn't, I don't think there was a big shock of anybody missing out, which normally happens when it comes to cuticle. So whilst the rest of it was nothing, well, some of it was pretty toss, at least all the players that we expected to are at least in the final stage. Yeah, I think that that's a fair assessment. Respectfully, like Phil said, the bottom end of the standard of, of the EU Q school wasn't that great. Um, I think if we are going to see shocks, it will be when the tour card actually comes in, in stage two, when there's a four-day shootout. That's when we might start seeing some big names that we expect to, to miss out. If they have a bad couple of days, get themselves into a bit of a rut. That's when we're going to see the mistakes there. Not so much in the UK, which I'm sure we'll get on to, but there was plenty of big names that missed out over the last three days over there. But yeah, no big shocks at EUQ school. Um, possibly the only shock is that Gert DeVos didn't get over the line as an auto card. Um, I thought he played very well and very steady all weekend without being ex- overly exceptional. Um, and Moreno Blom, uh, fifth on the order of merit, sneaking in as well, had a very, very good year on the Dev Tour last year. So they're the only two that perhaps you would think should have gone on to to win an outright um, based on, on previous performances. But no, a, a good EUQ school um, with the right names coming through ultimately. And also, you, you look at the big names as well that people got through. You say Gert DeVos, PB, that really rose to the top. Apart from really Mario uh, Mario van den Bodegaard, who, who had a good first day, but then really just, just fell off the wagon uh, a little bit. Uh, this is a it's an interesting lineup that goes through. Obviously, fifty five go through in Europe. Uh, do, do we? Is there obviously apart from Barney the obvious one? Is there anybody there that you feel will definitely come out with a tour card at this point? Um, before we come on to that, one name as well that was a game from going out was um, Van der Meer. I'm sorry, Van der Winkle. Close, but he ended up playing some really good stuff. Kudos to him. Um, look, from from what we've seen so far, um, I think we don't we don't know the official split yet, do we? But we're presuming no. around thirteen, maybe, or Europe. Um, it's going to be interesting because out of the ones that have gone. There's been some, obviously, some really, really good things. But I quite like, obviously, Martin Schindler, that's already in that one two eight played some great stuff towards the back end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there, there's some there's some big names, but look, I can't look past Barney. From the, the bits we saw, I don't see... If he plays as well as what he has, and I think the three-day rest time will do him the world of good. Because he's put some hard hard graft in, he can have a rest, and he can come back fresh. So I, I genuinely think Barney doesn't get stopped, and he will be back on the tour. What do you think of? 
obviously Barney the hot favourite, but there is anybody else there that we think that you will, will be picking up their golden ticket by Wednesday? I think Gorlas is, is pretty much nailed on. Um, he got the job done early here. Um, former World Youth finalist. Um, very, very consistent. Doesn't drop a lot. And his pace will upset people as well. Um, I know that's firsthand. Um, so yeah, I think he's, he's nailed on. I think if Nico Kurtz, if Nico Kurtz produces what we know he can, he's another one. Um, and Boris Colts, of how on earth he's not been a tour card holder before, is absolutely beyond me. But he's shown once again that he is quality. Um, just needs to avoid that inevitable one bad game that we say about the likes of James Wade at times that just has a flat performance. So yeah, Barney is the obvious one that uh, this I fully expect him to come past the field that's already in that stage as well and anybody yet to come he will be one of the 13 quite comfortably in my opinion and the rest of it could get a little bit tighter we well, look at ahead to um look ahead to stage 1b well let's 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 look at stage 1b here quickly before we move on over to the uk because there's some huge names just going down the list that of people that we expected. Now, I'm not being funny. We were going to say, oh, who could qualify outright and all this sort of stuff. Look, it's obviously going to be, if you can get one point in this one, then you'll probably get one point again tomorrow. You mean, theoretically, you could potentially get to Q school, get to the final stage in Europe by not winning a game. And that would be depressing as anything, but it is theoretically possible to happen. Um Looking ahead, I mean, I, I know there's obviously the big names and all this sort of stuff, but I'm going to stick out one name, gentlemen, that I think will do bits throughout the three days. And I think we'll maybe even finish, maybe even get an outright uh, spot over the next couple. And that's Thibaut Chacol, the French player. I, I, the, what I saw of him in the World Championships of the BDO last, a couple of years back now, actually, was very, very good. Really enjoyed watching him. I think he's going to do bits. He did bits last year at Q School, only just missing out on a tour card. As we said, the match practice probably isn't going to help him. But with that field, I think he'll still do some bits. I mean, I'm also looking at the likes of Dij Wang, who comes from China, who was a decent, half decent player um, at the world, you know, a couple of, at the World Championships a couple of times. So let's see what happens there. Anybody else, Gob, that you're quite intrigued to look at? Oh. This Q school, in comparison to Stage One A, has got names galore. In my opinion, mm. this is this is effectively a who's who. Um, I'm looking at Danny Van Schrip, um, Where's he gone? Veniamin Simeonidis, the Greek player. Um, Owen Roloff, Brian, not Brian, man, Rusty Jake Rodriguez. Um, oh, I can't even. Stefan Niles. Quick enough. Robert Marianovic, Willem Mandegas. Willem Mandegas is a very, very capable player in the BDO. Um, Lurchbacker. Lurchbacker. This, is, this one is stacked. Jose Hesitia, uh, Ronnie Hybrex, Dragatin Horvat, Jimmy and Jerry Hendricks, Florian Hempel. Um, <laughs> there is a lot. Anastasia de Promislova, Jeffrey de Grasse. Um, this one, in comparison, is stacked, in my opinion. Plus what names we didn't mention there because I'm looking at the original list is the late movers, the American boys. Danny yep. hits Well, this is the thing as well because actually, just looking at the list now, Anastasia, just, look just look at the names now. Anastasia's actually moved to UK 1B. Of course. Which, which I find baffling, but there we go. Uh, PB, your names. Come on, tell me some names that are, are, are names that you're looking for. 
Matt Campbell. He's got any left after my list, I've been surprised. Apart from that one, he wasn't Matt, on the list. Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell. He's bloody good, isn't he? <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait. And look, Judging on what we've seen from 1A in Europe, if somehow Matt Campbell got four, three, four points and didn't get through, I know it's unlikely, but just bear with the story. Mm. If he didn't get through with that amount of points, and without being horrible, some of the damn right dross that have got through from 1A, then we need a steward's inquiry. I don't care what anyone says. We need what I thought was actually happening to happen. I personally think that between 1A and 1B, the players progressing should have been prorated based on points. Yeah. Accumulated. Because there is now a very, very good possibility that the majority of this B field all get to two points or, or whatever and start pinching legs off each other or a larger percentage do. And there will be players missing out from this school that would have qualified comfortably from the one that's just finished. I know it's sport. I know that's luck of the draw sometimes and all that, but in this situation, if somebody is better, they should be in that final stage with the opportunity to win a tour card. That's what this is about. The PDC want the best professionals. 100%. For their brand. Yeah, I completely agree, Gob. I'll give you another name in a second that I've just seen, which could be interesting, but yeah, 100%. It's called the Pro Tour. It is the best 128 players that you can produce. Last year, we've said it till the cows come home. Last year, it wasn't. The standard went up when the top of the Challenge Tour came in last year. I'm sorry if that upsets anyone, but I'm just telling you how I see it. And if that happens again, it's not right. Um, But one name that intrigues me, a lot of question marks. One, is he fit? Has he got over the injuries? If he has... Is Christian Kist. Yes. I've just seen him. I knew it. That's exactly where you were going. The, look, last a lot of the time over the last 18 months when we've seen him, he's been awful because of the injuries. But every now and then we see a glimpse of the genius there. And let's not forget it. He did win Lakeside. So I'm really intrigued by Christian Kist. Interesting to see what happens there. He's probably will be. the most forgotten Lakeside winner in the last 15 years. Oh, comfortably. Oh, 100%. Comfortably. And it's, it's okay. mad to think that because he's got so much talent. I think that's because of the injuries and the fact he moved to the PDC so quickly and didn't make the impact that you expect to have coming over as a BDA world champion. You look at the others, Wolfie, Scott Wade, Scott Mitchell, Glenn Durrant, they've all come over and made a big impact. We talk about Wade Moran because he was the last one. You look at the players that have won it in the last 15 years, Kist is one of the names that is very, very easy to, to slide under forget about. No, th- disagree. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But we've got to move it on. We've got to move it on. We've got to talk about stage 1A. Let's, let's, let's hop over the channel uh, and uh, move on to stage 1A on the order of merit. Some big names missing out, though, here. We'll talk about that in a second. But I want to talk about today some huge names that came through or outright today. And then we'll talk about other peak players that have come through. Because I think this is a, this is a fair assessment here, PB, that... This has been the UKQ school of not necessarily shocks, but the names that have come through, certainly outright, with nobody expected, maybe one or two in there, but not one of them probably would be expected. No, look, there was some some really good performances today, especially, and it just shows that on the floor, they all produce it. I know, I know the, the top boys say it all the time, but Q school shows this, that on the floor and there's no TV cameras and there's no nerves, genuinely, they can all play. Mm. Well, they disagree. I don't disagree at all. Um, let's talk about, though, two names that came through on the order of merit today, and that is Fallon Sherrick and Aaron Monk. We'll talk about Monkey in a second, PB, because I know you, you love him a lot and we all love him here for wearing the OD... Uh, branding on his shit. Thank you very much, Aaron. Uh, but God, this is a huge moment for Fallon because people were saying that, you know, th- th- this is a big moment for Fallon after what happened last year. You know, she got some absolute stinkers of draws in Q school last year. And now she's got a chance to be in that one two way. And with the way that she played in patches today, I think she's still got to improve. If, I, if, I could, if I'm going to say that she's going to get a tall card personally, She's got to just jump the average up a little. But little and often, I think, is a good way to describe how Fallon did today. She did enough to get over the line. Yeah, but that was all she needed to do at the start of the day. She's done a lot of work the last couple of days. She was a point away from getting over the line and found herself in a, in a qualification match to win it outright. Um, good run, good match practice. As, as we talk about a lot, winning is a habit. And Fallon will have picked it up and, and have that little bit more confidence now going into stage two as Without being speckle, the standard jumps up. That being yes. said, the list of names doesn't necessarily translate to standard this year because of COVID and all that sort of stuff. But the list of names of people that have missed out, unbelievable. Go on, yeah. then. there's some huge names there that have missed out. If you you want to if you want to go through some of the big names. Just, just sheer names. We'll, we'll talk about Wayne Warren in just a minute because you know falling out on on averages. We'll talk about that and whether that's right in a second. But you look down the list, Gob, huge names have gone out. Cameron Menzies, Wes Newton, James Richardson, Retailer, and Tony Null, um, Dave Prince, Jason Marriott, uh, Scott Marsh, Matt Paget, Ben Hazel, Frank Carragher, Brian Woods, Dean Wynn Stanley. Sam Houston, Corin Hammond, Lorraine Winstanley, Daryl Fitton. Um, <laughs> this list just goes on. Daniel Day. Stephen Hine? Steve Hine. Yeah, Didn't even want to get a point. 
Steve Hyde. I didn't even. I haven't got that far down the list yet. This is absolutely mad. Like these are a lot of players and a lot of big names that people have been following all weekend. We've heard a lot of people asking how each of these players are getting on, and they just haven't been able to deliver this weekend. And I suppose that's the cutthroat nature of Hughesville. Barzi, I mean, you've obviously known Monkey for a while. Yesterday really put him in a good position there to go and do it. But there's some other big name, good good names that came through today that did what they had to do. Mainly the artists and Ryan Hogarth, Kevin Payton, Ryan Hogarth, both outside, way outside today. Initially, both having massive runs to get their qualification outright, which shows that you know one good day. And could and could we see the artist back on tour? Kevin Payne played some really good stuff today. I was actually impressed with him. Because after the first two days, I'm not going to lie, wasn't convinced there was still the desire in the game. Today, he turned up and he played some brilliant, brilliant stuff. So, kudos to Kevin Payne. And I think, again, a, a bit like Barney, where he hasn't played a lot recently... I think three days match practice and three days break may just do him the world of good. Where if he'd have been in B, I think the tank may have been a little bit empty going into stage two. But I think the way it's played out for Kevin Painter could be very, very good. Um, and the same with Ryan Hogarth. Again, talked about, talked about and came through the pack. Another one that came through the pack today and had huge work to do and was up against it at spells and come for on the order merit was Hopi Puha. Yeah. Because he was in a world of trouble early doors today. And look, I know it's a bit of a the, the narrative behind it and it would have been a fairy tale, but what he sacrificed between financially between the worlds and now, for him to go home in stage one would have been heartbreaking. Well uh, talk talk about someone who it, it is heartbreaking for and that is Wayne Warren, um, you know, didn't couldn't cash in on being world champion in terms of Expos last year, only got £23,000, and he missed out by having a worse average across the three days to Chris Quantock. Yes. So, because they both were all, well, him, uh, well, Warren Quantock and Carl Beatty all had three points, all had a plus six leg difference, and had won 29 legs. That is... I'll be honest with you, that's unheard of. I forgot to say about Cameron Menzies, obviously getting timed out because he went for uh, he went when nature calls on Monday. That's probably the most expensive shit there's ever going to be in darts. Uh, but uh, but there we go. Um, Quantic, Warren and Beatty in that position. God, we were talking about this before we came on and started recording. I, while I not necessarily don't like it. I can't see any other way of doing this for the BDC. Um, I mean, oh, sorry, go on, go on, go on. I was just saying, I like the fact that the PDC set out the qualification criteria from the very beginning. We weren't, all right, we were scamping around a little bit, but purely because a lot of us hadn't read it properly and didn't expect it to go this close. When it came down to it, the qualifying criteria and the the way it would break it down and the different criteria, things are level in order. They're all there. They're in black and white. And they've been there from the very start, right? So whilst you can't really, you can have some complaints here because it's a little bit far-fetched that actually winning is far more important than an average. Um, 
it's it's just a horrible way to go out. They've, they've won the same amount of games. We've always said average is a metric of performance. James Wade, if James Wade was at Q score, missed out on an average, but was the most consistent finisher in the game or in the room, you'd be livid. If Wayne Warren's been better at doubles this weekend, then you'd be annoyed because doubles win games. Like There's so many different things to consider that are built into an average that I just don't think that should have been a criteria. Once legs one and um, leg difference and legs one are taken into account, there should have been some sort of playoff, a, a different tiebreaker. I don't like the way that average has been used at all. No, I'm completely with you. And look, I, it's not, this isn't a thing because it was there in black and white. So the criteria is there. I just don't like the criteria. Um, and if, it, if it's two of you, or if two players are level, then yeah, you can play best of whatever game to decide who goes through because then it's on ability in that game. Mm. But if there's more than one, let's, let's go old fashioned. Let's do a 12 dart shootout. Uh, that, that, yeah, wouldn't yeah, that's fine. Um, it's no, I th- no, no. Do you know, I think it should be like the golf. If that's enough to get one person in at that level, that should be enough to get everybody in at that level. Because come the first day, you're going to have lost the players when they card out right. And just filter in the the prelim games because you're not going to have a four one two eight for all four days anyway, are you? Well, no, that, that is true, to be fair. You aren't going to have a full one two eight, And that is an interesting question because people have raised that with us and saying that how the hell are the PDC? Are the PDC just going to fill people in that haven't already got on the reserve, you know, that are on the reserve list? I don't know because it doesn't make any sense to me, certainly in stage two, that we've got that ability there to, to not have a one two eight. If you're having one two seven or a one two six and certain people getting buys, that not make any sense. By day two and by day three, yeah. So and then how do, I, do they lose out on order of merit if they if they're the one to get the buy? I can't remember how it's worked in previous years. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? Uh, it, no. it, it and, and and like you say, uh, average is a, is a guide. And like like you say, if when you look back, like we haven't got it here, and I'm sure someone listening to this when back will put it on Twitter, but. Let's have a look if Wayne Warren's finishing percentages was better than Chris Quantock's. Then why wasn't that used? Because like like Gob said, you don't win games by scoring. You win games by hitting a double. Also, I haven't actually done the calculation yet. Somebody sent it to me earlier, but the 0.08 that we were saying that he'd been knocked out by was only the averages over the first two days. But I'm now not sure if that included if he was unplayed in a 2-5-6 game. Because those games were excluded from points. point scoring. But if they've been included in averages, again, not fair. I mean, they may well have been considered, right? I'm, I'm just reaching here, but there's, there's so many different parameters without doing the calculations and actually seeing the reason why from the PDC as to why Chris Contop was in, like the calculations and the work back of their table then it would be interesting to know if all of that has been considered. Well, Chris Quantock had an 89.04 average across the day and uh, Wayne Warren got an 85.08 and then Carl Beatty was 84.88 over the three days. So in the end, it was actually quite, um, it was actually quite comfortable for him. But look, 
we're going to move it on. And the only reason I'm going to move it on is because I want to talk about some players that we haven't really heard about today, but we haven't really heard about before the start of the week that have done absolute bits. By the way, you talked about Harpai Pua there, PB. I want to shout out to James Bailey and Gordon Mathers as well for coming through the day. The Oceanic boys did bits today. So well, well, well done to them. I want to talk about... Do you not watch some of James Bailey's games? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) There was one in particular, wasn't there, Barzi? Literally, it was like the dog and duck sea team. Well, yes. The point is, though, that James Bailey got through because he won games. Averages weren't relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in, in it, it, it was when you were watching it. All I'll say is that Warren had an absolute stinkers of draws throughout the most of the week. So, you know, that is what happens, though. That is why we love Key School, because of the randomness of it. So, big shout-outs to a few people. Ian McKenzie, who came through on day two, I think it was, who is a bricklayer who is deaf completely deaf, has limited speech. It's his first opportunity at Worcester. Uh, you know, first opportunity at Q School, sorry. I'm just going to find a tweet from uh, the professional Luke Woodhouse, by the way. If you don't follow him, he's a really good follow, actually, to be fair. Here's a tweet that he said. Fantastic effort for a mate of mine, Macca. First crack at Q School after playing county for many years for Worcestershire. He is completely deaf from birth and has very little speech. So even more of an achievement on his first attempt. Congratulations, to Ian McKenzie for the way he played today. Uh, John Brown as well. C. Brown's son, number three on the order of merit. I mean, played can he some do superb it? Superb stuff. That's it. Can he class? Can he do what Steve Brown did and basically win his tour card in three days? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. John John Brown played some absolute super super stuff across the three days. Gob, there's a few people as well that you wanted to shout out. I'm sure from the way that they played over the over the three days. Yeah, um, Connor Scott played very, very well early on. Um, clung on a little bit, but he was very good. Um, Brett Clayden. I actually, um, when I worked for Riley's, I ran the UK Open one year, and he won the Nottingham Qualifier, so it's great to see him doing so well. Um, but the one I've been most impressive all weekend is Josh McCarthy. The yeah. sheer level of consistency from the lad has been superb. Um, really, really impressive his game. He, he's been there in the big moments with decent averages as well, and he's definitely one that you look at that's gone through and gone. Okay, your performances, you could compete on tour. We think of as well, like there's other players as well, Niall Cullerton coming through and doing bits uh, over the last two days as well. Kevin McDyne, he's a great one to see back. Him and, him and Painter play early on in, in the week as well. That was proper. 15 years ago, that would have been the, the headline on the Pro Tour. And now it's interesting to see him both back at Q School, but uh, good to see him possibly back. And actually, there's a few youngsters in there as well. Jack Main and Jack Vincent both coming through um, from the development tour. Jacob Selby Rivas as well. He's another one that's played development tour dark. So it, it's showing that system is producing the next level as well, which is really good. One of the most talked about, maybe not for all the good reasons, though, is Adam Smith, Neil. Yes. Yes. So I, I saw the name and moved on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't do that here. We, we, we talk about it. Look, there's a, there's a very moral reason. Should he even be there? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he should be, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, look, it's, it's quite clear and black and white. You can't hide from it. Every time mm. his name's mentioned on social media, these things pop up. 
To be fair though, so, as does with Moreno Bloom, who got caught cheating in an online event last year. So these these things happen, but I suppose that we're in a society where people get second chances. You, you clearly can play the game at the level required to be a professional. Um, and, and, faster, so yeah. Yeah. But the same with, with Blom, he had a nine data last year, did very well on, on the development tool, I keep saying, made a mistake over lockdown playing at home. Maybe that's the pressure of trying to match that form that he's produced as a PDC player before that gets him, that, that led him to, to do that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, people are going to make mistakes. Like It's been a weird time. People have been hard up. It's just putting your hands up saying, okay, yeah, and then rectifying them because that's the thing. Moreno come out and apologise as far as I'm aware. Adam hasn't. Well, that, that's what I was about that, to say. That'll the be fact, what's fact, annoying people. The fact that there's been no apology, there's been no attempt to rectify the mistakes made, and yet is there at an event that costs a considerable amount of money to be in with others out of pocket. Oh, I thought you were going to come in there, Barzi. There's just no, one yeah, thing. I, say, I completely agree. Look, look, I'm for one that everyone deserves a second chance, but to get that second chance, you have to admit what you've done. Yeah. So agreed. Agreed. The, 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 the same as the, the, the two lads that were were put, were rightfully banned by the DRA. When their suspensions are up, they've served their time and they deserve a second chance because yeah. they've both been remorseful. Look, you, you'll never forget what they've done, but they're remorseful. They've apologised. They've served their time, so move on. But Adam Smith Neil hasn't. He's just deleted all social media and tried to run from it. On a more positive note, Mike Warburton did bits on Tuesday. But one player I want to shout out for the consistency again as well over the last few days is John Imry. Not a bad way to go in and out yourself, by the way. But the way that he's been playing, he's been playing some really, really good stuff but most of the most of the time. Yeah, there's the old 68 and 70-odd average. Yeah, of course there will be. It's, it's a pro, t- it's, you know, it's Q school. But... At the same time, not a bad way to do it today. 103.7 in beating Sherrick 6-0. You know, yeah. big moments like that. That's why we love this sport. And and, and fair play to John Emery, because he, he saved the best till last when we were trying to watch the final game today. Oh, those first four legs against Fallon, he would have beaten anyone in the world. Because he, he, he went back to back 13, didn't he? Yeah, he was simply sensational in those first four legs. Um played some amazing stuff so absolute kudos to him right let's go very very quickly and go through q school 1b in the uk because once again there's this is absolutely stacked with the way that some of these players are playing god there's a couple of names obviously that jump off the page talks about anastasia before who are you interested to see play in 1B of q schools. I'll tell you once I can scroll and read the list. Um, I mean, the two North Americans obviously jump off the, the list. The two North Americans, obviously. Um, there's a couple that I've got personal that I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for. Freddie Steele is a university dart player. Uh, there was meant to be another one, uh, Ryan O'Connor, but um, he withdrew. So it'll be interesting to see how Freddie's game stacks up. Um, Alan Souter is one I'm really looking forward to, former captain of... Scotland, that'll be interesting to see him play. Bradley Quelch, um, brother of my friend Chloe, that we did a lot of um, 
worked with while she was battling cancer over the last couple of years. I uh, really hope that he can have a, a good run. Lewis Pride off the development tour previously. Diego Portella is another one. Um, and, and that's just got me to the P's going up with Parletti and Palmer, Lee Palfman, Robert Owen, Colin Osborne. Um, Alan Norris, though, is where I'm going to stop and let Phil do the other half of the alphabet. I really, really would love to see Alan Norris back on the Pro Tour. Um, fabulous man, fabulous dark player. Um, and hopefully his game's back in a position where we can see him competing again. Well, that, yeah, no, 100%. Well, that leads me in nicely, PB, because you can go and talk about the two North Americans. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I'm just looking now. There's a few, again, that I've seen and got to know through the streaming. I'm just at the top of the list. One, Jason Askew, that boy has got ability and he's had schooling from the highest level when your dad's Diamond Dave. Um, I'm not sure mentally how strong he is, but just on ability, he can play. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Danny Baggish, obviously, but during the Worlds, he was sensational and captured the heart of a nation, shall we say, and it almost put darts on North America in a really, really good place because they were talking about him and everything like that. So looking forward to seeing him. Liam Gallagher, as well, two years ago. when oh, he that lost... one. Sunshine. Um, <laughs> Liam Gallagher, when he lost to Team Barry and the Tom Kirby a couple of years ago, when he blew yes. multiple match darts. But up until then, he looked as if he was a real a, a real talent. Um, Justin Smith is another one that power scores with the best of them. Looking forward to seeing him. The wily old fox, Andy Jenkins, will will be hard to beat. Whoever beats him is going to have to play well. Um, Jared Cole, another one from the target yeah. elite yeah, one that I'm, looking for, that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, Me too, because he's got our badge on his shirt. <laughs> well, there is... <laughs> well, we have to give him a shout out at some point, but even then, like, I don't want to see Fred again, Bazzy, but there's, there's plenty of players that have been on this tour before. Mark Dudbridge is there. Uh, Nick Forwell's been around for a while. Uh, Ryan Harrington, he's been a tall card holder before, I think. Um, this is, again, I think this is slightly stronger than the 1A. Prakash Stewart, Darren Johnson, Aidan Kirk, former local, well, local boy to me, and Phil Taylor, Conqueror. This is stacked again. Thomas Lovely, very, very capable development tour player. Owen Maiden again. Um, he's been on the development tour for a while. Would you really say that this has been this is this is tough? Because looking at the names in one A, I thought that that one was probably tougher than this one. Don't get me wrong; I still think this is you know to come through this will be tough. But I'd probably say that one A is tougher. Um, I think one A has the as we've seen, one A had a lot of names that would have been made this tougher five ten years ago. I think there's mm. a lot of them that, all right, I understand we're in the middle of COVID and won't have played a lot, but they were very very consistent pros or, or, or BDO players five, ten years ago and perhaps don't have that same level of commitment, same level of same ceiling, if you like, to their game anymore. Whereas a lot of these players that I'm mentioning now, I think have just been very, very good local players at an absolute minimum and have kept that up. There's no name relying on it. Is that Lemon Gates as well? What name that is, by the way? Not, not yeah. American. But yeah, um, 
as I said, I, I just think that the names I'm, we're reading off now are just the more consistent players over the last three years. And actually, if you take names and reputation away from it, on ability, this Q school could, this 1B could be even better than 1A. Well, this is a question then for you before we leave. In 1A, I want you to give me one name that's qualified so far into the into stage 1A, from, well, from stage 1A into the final stage that you think will be getting a tour card. And I'll start with Phil Bowes. Aramonk. Doesn't surprise me, but you've not been playing too badly. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Jack Garwood. Oh, I'm torn between two. Go on. I'll be nice. Chad Barstow. His averages and level of performance were very, very good all weekend. And Kevin Painter. Um, his peak performance, like I said, his ceiling will worry a lot of players already in that stage. Thank you, He's had some absolute stinker games and, and dropped his averages a couple of times with a few bad legs. and That can happen. But Kevin Painter has been there. He's done that. Um, been around a while and, and knows the inside out. And his scoring power when they start dropping in the 180s, ridiculous. He will scare a lot of people. So I think Painter is the one. Well, for me, I'm going to pick Josh McCarthy. I think with the way that he's been consistently playing... You know, leg difference of 28, not, you know, plus 28 most of the week. Not bad at all. You know, he, he lost it a bit in the last day, but he was, he was there for two straight days. I really like, like him to look at Josh McCarthy, and I think he's going to do some bits. Right. For the global reach of the sport as well, if Fallon gets one, we go to yes. another level. But this is where I come back to, Phil. I don't... From what I've seen of it and the averages, I appreciate this is only stage 1A and, you know, can jump up in the final stage. But she was averaging mid-70s, low-80s for the majority. Yeah, there was a couple of 90s in there, and that's fair enough. But there, were, there was also a few 70s and 80s, which means... I, think, uh, I, just, I just think it's one, though, mate. that the better she has to play, she does. Mm-hmm. I mean, those players that are already into final stage are bloody excellent. They are, but also... We're forgetting there's no seeding. Yeah. So, lock of the draw is going to come into this. And do you know what? That's a perfect way to end this first episode of the Q School Review Show. Jack Obigar with Phil Bass, thank you very much indeed for chatting with us here on the pod. We can all go and have a little bit of a breather after stage 1A. Just to remind you about what's happening over the next three days. 11 o'clock in the morning, Phil will be back up bright and early to do our live blog once again. He'll be there with you every step of the way from 11 o'clock until 2 from EUQ School. That's from 12 o'clock Central European Time, 11 a.m. GMT. 2 o'clock UK Q School begins all the way through until around about 6, 6.30. The reason why they've done that is so they can do the actual flow tests um so that's that three days in obviously and then obviously the, the next couple of days starts at 12 but we'll be with you from two o'clock on the online blog with coverage of uk q school brad pates will be joining you for that but if you want to have audio visual action from q school you can do two o'clock tomorrow our live stream is back phil it's sam tizzles is going to be joining us as well and I can't remember who else is on on Thursday afternoon. Is it? Is it Lee? It is. Lee's back tomorrow. Lee will join you. The uh, Lee boys will be joining you from two till six 
with coverage of UK Q School and the final second and uh, final dying embers of European Q School like we had on Monday. Then obviously Friday and Saturday, we also have got the same live blog from 11 o'clock in the morning. Q, UK Q School starts at 12. And then we've got from one o'clock our live stream uh, of the final three days of Q School. Jack will be, uh, Gob will be on there as well. And coverage of that. And then, and then, Philip, you can talk about Sunday to Wednesday because it's going to be a madness, that final stage. It is. And to listening to what you guys are asking for, we are going to give it to you. So Q School Daily, we will stream live from 11 a.m. That's when it starts, isn't it? Yes, it is, yes. It is. I was just double-checking. 11 a.m. GMT, the live stream will start. And we will be with you until the bitter end when the final dart goes in. So you could have a good five and a half, six hours of us talking (laughs) general gibberish, going round the boards and finding out who will win those hallowed tour cards. That's on Sunday because we're going to be because the again, UKQ school on Sunday is from two till six. Monday and Tuesday, it's back to where we are normally. 11 a.m. GMT for the live blog uh, for European Q School. Then it's UKQ School from 12 o'clock GMT. But we'll be with you between 11 a.m. and around about four, half four for live streams across Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday, it's a complete mess. Uh, We're going to be with you every step of the way from 11 o'clock, giving you ranking changes as they happen, as the order of merit comes to fruition and we work out who is going to get the golden tickets to be on the Pro Tour for 2021. You don't have to go anywhere else. It's going to be fun. Tomorrow, we're back. 11 o'clock in the morning. Join Phil for the blog from Germany. Brad's then, I'll be taking him over, over from him from 2 o'clock. Brad will join me to give you through everything through UKQ School. Phil's then going to switch to the stream with Lee Boyce and Sam Tizzle from 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Thanks again for your company here on the Q School Review. We're back on Saturday night for the next pod when we look back at Stage 1B and then we're going to be doing daily reviews through final stage. Take care of yourselves, stay safe and we will speak to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 